0: Good evening, and welcome to the Casa update for the week of five nine twenty sixteen. I'm not even gonna ask you what's new and exciting. Just, <laughs> just, just run with it. <laughs>
1: Man. Well, I, I just got caught up on some sleep um, <laughs> over, <laughs> over dinner. Um, yeah, I'm I'm exhausted. It's been a crazy, crazy several days. Um, I will say, uh, we are getting more phone calls to the CASA hotline <laughs> than I've seen in the past six months or a year, or really since the phone has been forwarding to me. Um, and uh, it's uh, yeah, for those who are just joining us, uh, the FDA deeming regulations were announced on uh, geez, Thursday morning, Thursday. May fifth, is that correct? Yes. Yes. Revenge of the fifth. <laughs> um, and uh, this is seriously for people who have just started vaping in the past week. Um, this is this is news to them, and I I feel really bad for you because you've got a lot of catching up to do. Um, even people that have just started vaping in the past month, actually, arguably, people that have been vaping for the past two years this is there are there are some folks that are just being completely caught off guard by this. Okay. Um so uh yeah all of the all of the advocacy organizations are working overtime to try to uh find out work out the best way to communicate the situation to people and um, yeah it's uh it's pretty crazy. I I I, <clears throat> I don't I don't really remember the last time I've been this tired. Um, So, when
0: you worked at Bendigo, maybe
1: after like maybe several days driving across the country or something, but even then, I could pull over, you know, at night and get a full night's sleep. Um, You know, I've been up till two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Um, You know, last night I had a really hard time sleeping because it's Monday today. And uh, there are certain things that need to happen. Unfortunately, I, I, I had to I had to take two hours and go to sleep um, this evening. Um, well,
0: you need it. Yeah.
1: And uh, and lots of plans for for Tuesday. Um, and for those of you who don't know, um, tomorrow, May tenth, uh, which is on your calendar, five ten, um, the FDA deeming regulations are going to be officially published in the Federal Register. And that essentially starts the countdown clock on the various compliance periods that uh, manufacturers and retailers have to implement certain practices. Um, I don't have a concise breakdown of you know, what that means at 30 days, 90 days, a year, two years, three years. But uh, that information is, is coming out. And and we hope to provide something digestible in in terms of how that affects consumers um, going forward. Uh, But, um, yeah, the 90-day goals or or, uh, deadline uh, is going to be, uh, I have, I don't know if I've openly speculated this or not, but um, the 90-day point is where we're going to start seeing businesses closing. Uh, yeah. There is a paperwork burden involved in a lot of this. Yep. That, for some people who are who do not have the the resources, they are not familiar with complying with federal regulations. Uh, in some instances, you have business owners who are not familiar with cl- complying with simple, you know, local health codes. Um, you know, this was their first business. And um, you know, so, something as simple as getting your occupancy permit or business license—you um, know—that was in and of itself kind of a daunting task. I know I was a small business owner once, and um, for for some of these things, you know, I, I had to reach out to experienced people in order to guide me through just simple things about, uh, you know, how do I do payroll? That's that's pretty 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 normal. Right. Um, and uh, you know you have to hire an accountant. All of these things add up to expenses. We're talking about federal regulations here, which are very. I mean, it's hard enough. It's hard enough for the FDA to really understand their own rules. So no one should be under any delusion that um, you're just going to spend an evening sitting down with this 500-page document and and magically understand it, um, unless you're some sort of super genius. Um, and if you are a super genius, you know, uh, awesome because you'll be fine. Uh, you'll find something else to do with your talents. Um, but uh, but yeah, this this stuff is thick, and it's it's really not it's not user friendly. So it's
0: not um, easily digestible. To read it. it. It's not like it, it's not even as easy to read as say Game of Thrones books. Like a Song of Fire and Ice was much easier to read than this stuff, and that was not an easy read. Just and it, you know,
1: yeah. I mean, at least there's dragons in that. Yeah. So, um, there are no dragons in the FDA deeming regulations. Well, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, you can make the the analogy that, you know, the FDA might be the fire-breathing dragon, but um, I, I don't really want to insult dragons like that. So, um, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> before we go down that rabbit hole. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, the 90-day cutoff is is going to be uh, a very interesting one. That has been pegged at August 8th. Um, so, yeah, a lot needs to happen between now and then. Uh, I, I do want to share that I am getting lots of calls. I'd say um, probably two out of the three calls that I've been getting have been from people in the industry, uh, whether they're e-liquid manufacturers, mod makers, small business owners, re- you know, retailers, um, it, two out of three of the calls have been coming from small businesses. Yeah. Um, and I just really want to put it out there. The first thing I say to them is, you need to get dialed in with an industry association. Um, Casar is a consumer advocacy organization we yep. we do not provide advice to industry it's just not our wheelhouse um, and you know now more than and I'm not being like stingy with information it's just not something I spend my time understanding um, I, I understand it as much as I need to in order to communicate the effects that these things have on consumers. But it it is, it's just not our role to provide that information. And this serves a couple of purposes. Number one, it protects us from giving out legal advice to businesses. That's just not our job, and we should not assume that role. The second is, we are now, without apology, actively sending people to join an industry association. this this afternoon we announced that we are in a coalition now uh, with Safada, AMSA, uh, American Vaping Association, not blowing smoke. Did I get everybody? I feel like I always feel like I forget one. Us. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, it, I, I I strongly encourage small and medium businesses to join Safada. Yeah. Cifada, they, they have a
0: sliding scale.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 it's based on your size and, 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 and uh, sales. I, I, I don't know exactly how they calculate your, your dues, but it is fair. And it is a lot more fair and a lot better investment uh, than not doing anything and finding yourself out of business in 90 days um, or a year. So uh, if you are serious about protecting your business, absolutely join Safata. Get dialed in, and there are other industry associations out there um, that are, are also going to be working to provide their members with information. Um, it's just you know, right now we have probably the closest working relationship with Savata and so I, I feel comfortable recommending people uh, to join um, that. But you know, honestly, just join any industry association and, and get going. It's it's that it's that it's that serious. Um, so, uh, and and that is that really is the ju- that is one of the roles of an industry association is to provide its members with valuable guidance and information in how to, you know, be compliant with rules like this. Um, uh, so, <laughs> uh, that has been my standard answer for, for people that have called asking how, how these regs are going to affect their business. Um, I don't even really get around. I, I might, but I, I don't even so much get around to saying, you know, oh, and if you could put cassava materials on your front counter, that'd be great. Um, it's just, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you just got to join an, an association. Um, so well, I, I feel like I've kind of beat that to the ground. But yeah, <laughs>
0: sometimes you do. I mean, I know it's something that, like, from the beginning years ago, Julie and I used to wish people would just join an association because they have greater pull you know their words mean something more than just one person alone strength in numbers and and especially with businesses that provide tax income etc you know their voice means more than just an individual voice in the dark basically
1: yeah And you know, also it's important to note that uh, you know we are we are exploring litigation strategies, Um, and so as a member of an association, your dues are going to go towards, um, uh, are are likely going to go towards uh, funding any kind of uh, litigation uh, that the association might 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 be a part of. and so, uh, yeah, that's that's very very important. And I, of course, I say all of this because um, this, you know, and we come back to how this is a consumer issue. If there are no retail shops open, then I have a harder time shopping for for these products. Um, it, it just is that simple. So, um, yeah. So I, I know that everybody is very curious about the nitty gritty of. Uh, You know, I think everybody's sort of chomping at the bit to get kind of a digest of these regulations. Um, Probably the most important thing that I'm still kind of working on in terms of how it affects consumers is uh, the compliance deadlines. Um, I don't have them all committed to memory, but, you know, I'm going through it and I would like to really make a, a document or a graphic that... Um, clearly explains this, so this—that's one of my goals for this week—is to put out that piece of information. Um, but it is slow going because it—it really—it—it it, it demands researching the code, uh, and there's there's a lot of it. So um, we're doing that, and there are lots of questions about other specifics. Um, you know, what does this mean for DIY? Uh, you know, will I still be able to get this or that? Um, again, all of these answers are coming. and uh, you know, I think justifiably, members of, you know the, the people in leadership positions uh, in, in the various advocacy groups, you can expect us to be um, very, uh, reserved and thoughtful about our answers. There, there is that that we're we're in that area where we're potentially crossing over into legal advice. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we really do want to be on point with, with the answers that we give. So you know, bear with us. Um, from a consumer perspective, uh, you know, we've got ninety days before we start seeing any significant changes. Uh, and in that time, there are going to be opportunities to take action. Uh, tomorrow is a good example. Uh, We are are working on an engagement right now to put out tomorrow Um, and uh, I I, I will tell you that this is not something that we expect to solve the problem overnight but this is kind of one of those things that uh, by all means uh, we should take advantage of some of the the resources that FDA has made available uh, to, uh, well, mainly it's, it's made available, made available to uh, industry. Um, but uh, we're getting lots of questions and I think the appropriate agency to answer questions about the FDA deeming regulations would in fact be the FDA. So uh, the FDA has actually provided phone numbers for this. And um, uh, this is likely to be part of, of something that we put out tomorrow. Um, and we're also going to be recommending that people uh, make phone calls. We're not We're not writing emails tomorrow. Tomorrow we're, we're right. We're, we're, we're making phone calls.. Yes. Um, so uh, we're going to be putting something out tomorrow so that uh, throughout the day, people are going to be calling their representatives. And sharing their story, and we have some some questions that that people should be asking of of their elected officials in regards to these deep regulations. Um, So, and it's very important. And this is you know we we've sort of stressed kind of the varying degrees of engagement here. You have you know at, at one end of the spectrum, you have kind of the signing the random petition that is you know doesn't really have a whole lot of impact. And then you know many steps down from that, you have a, uh, a form letter or a form email, which is probably the most popular thing that we put out. And then a couple steps down from that, you have the uh, customized email, which is something that also we provide and we encourage people to do. You are telling your story, you're putting your personal touch to it. Right. And then you have phone calls, which is your voice speaking to someone on that elected official's staff and you're having an actual conversation with them. Um, whatever your talking points and story are, that's 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 your that's your that's your job to put that there, um, and uh, so that's that has a, that has a much larger impact. And then in
0: a in a respectful, polite yes, in a, manner. Yes, in a
1: respectful, polite manner. This is you know, you're you're yes, you're talking. Think of this as talking to the person that you most respect in the world, and and take that tone. Um, and be constructive and respectful when you talk to lawmakers. Uh, And then you have handwritten personal letters or postcards. Um, Those get a very uh, good response and usually they are are taken as heartfelt. And then you have personal meetings. We're not necessarily encouraging people at the moment to set up personal meetings with lawmakers specifically for this issue. I'm not going to discourage anybody from doing it. If you have a, a good relationship with your uh, with your congressman, by all means, have a sit down with them. Uh, it's it's time for, for a lot of come-to-Jesus moments. Um, so, um, you know, the, anyway, uh, we've, we've stated all that before. I just figured now we'd, we'd reiterate. We've probably got some new people listening to this, um, seeking information. Um, but, uh, yeah, tomorrow is, you know, Tomorrow's a couple of things. It is, I guess, 510 has sort of turned into World Vaping Day. (laughs) Um, Understandably, the date lines up. It makes sense. It's 510. Um, But uh, it is also, this is is the day that the FDA-deeming regulations were officially released. Um, For anybody who is not concerned about this or thinks that you know you're gonna ride this out man um, I I'm sure there are gonna be loopholes that people discover um, you know we have have made it clear in our comments regarding the regulations that uh, you know a black market is an inevitability um, this is you know this is one of the things that, that a lot of people have been highly critical regarding these regulations is that you're, you're basically just creating a gigantic black market the infrastructure already in place um, so Alex, yeah, yeah.
2: do you do you think that they made this as difficult to understand as possible um, and had so many people helping them orchestrate this 499 pages of garbage um, so that they're intentionally leaving themselves loopholes with more things to be able to come at us for?
1: That you know the way I understand FDA uh, regulating in you know other industries is they sort of provide non-binding guidance. Um, It it, I think that sort of protects them against certain things, uh, and it also uh, yeah it just it makes it difficult for people to um, follow. So yeah, there is some intention behind it, uh, certainly. But uh, they're regulators. They're bureaucrats. I mean, they—they. They, I, I don't know if they can order uh, a sandwich without being complicated. Um, so some of it is—is is, some of it is intentional in the way that they—you can't see the air quotes—but regulate. Um, and uh, and as far as communicating this to stakeholders, um, it's it's legalese, uh, which is rarely ever easy for people to understand. Um, so yeah, did did that answer your question? Yes. Okay, cool. (laughs) That's,
2: that's what I figured the answer was. And that's what I've been telling people the answer was, but it's, it's always good when they hear the answers from the smart people that know this stuff, not the old lady with the big mouth. (laughs)
1: Well, yeah, um, yeah. Laws themselves are not really written for for the common man. Um, it, it does take, you know, generally a, a certain amount. I, I like to say it takes a certain amount of patience, really, to read this stuff. Um, and I, I, again, I, I, you know, I don't have any legal training myself. I just am fascinated by the language and and how. You know, laws are made how laws are given power and, and how they take power and and um, how they are are set up to to clarify you know how we're supposed to be behaving or you know whatever um, it, it is really a fascinating uh, study and I, it's you know the way that language is used to, to set this stuff up is is is, is fascinating um, and so it, it's for me it's a lot of Persistence and and you have to be patient with it. And I mean, I, I spent time this weekend, I spent probably an hour just reading and rereading one particular page of the regulations. I mean, you, you know, you got to get up and walk around and find something else to do for five minutes, but you got to come back to it with a fresh set of eyes and, and really sit down and get determined to kind of understand every word. Um, that's just Something that, that I, I encourage people to do and it it really is just a matter of patience. Yeah.
0: <sighs> you sound exhausted.
1: I'm perking up now. I had a nap, <laughs> so I'm ready to get back in it.
0: Should I just um, send you a case of Red Bull to the house or
1: I don't drink Red Bull anymore.
0: <laughs> I have since these have come out, yeah.
1: Yeah. I have other other pills. I you have know, brain pills that I take and coffee we got a really good coffee shop in Jersey City that I, I like to go to and they make really really good beans so um, anyway I digress um, so what what else um oh oh I guess we've kind of addressed this already uh, this afternoon um, but I'll bring it up again just in case people have missed the news. Um, so, we formed this coalition and um, it, it should be clear to people that the part of the reason for forming this co- coalition is that, uh, you know, there has been kind of a, an unseen unity between the various advocacy organizations. Uh, this has existed for, you know, at, at the very least the past year, uh, in some cases longer. Um, it's just depending on the existence of any particular organization. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of times what people see is this kind of stark division between the consumers and the industry and then even amongst the industry groups, it seems like people are sort of competing for attention or space or you know, their particular agenda uh, being pushed through. Um, I'm not going to say that that sometimes isn't the case. But at the end of the day, we are all working towards the same goal. So, uh, you know, it, today, right away, immediately, you know, we have announced this coalition and, and it, is, it, is, it is intended to function as a coalition. Each of these organizations uh, possesses different resources and uh, can focus on different areas. Uh, you know, everybody brings a different set of expertise to the table. Um, so, again, we're pooling those resources, and, and more importantly, we, we really do want to show the community that, that we, we are working together constructively towards, towards the goal of, of saving this industry. Uh, and I don't usually say that without saying saving protecting our access to this industry. Um, but uh, that, that is it's just another way to say it, honestly. Um, so yeah, going forward. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be working with these people. We've sort of already developed these relationships, um, and uh, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm somewhat confident at this point. I just you know I keep I have this. Somebody told me once, don't ever give the vapors any hope. <laughs> so I kind of I'm conflicted in saying I'm confident that we're going to um, succeed in this. But I don't you know.
0: know if. Succeed is the right word. I, I think we're we're going to. I'm confident we're going to be able to work together to try to further our goal. <laughs> sounds sounds. Uh, yeah, I've been watching way too much C-SPAN.
1: Yeah, I I see where you're going with that, <laughs> and I, I I tend to agree. But um, that's, that's just I.
2: Know. You've always what? watched too much C-SPAN, Jan. That's not a new thing. <laughs> I know.
1: <clears throat> um but yeah that's uh, I I don't really want to give people a bunch of platitudes about this. I I really just want to give them a, a you know we deserve a straight answer. We're certainly not getting it from our elected officials and and regulators. So um you know we we're, we're going to be doing our best to knock this out of the park. Um Oh man, something else just popped into my head and I I forgot it.
0: At least none of us are sitting on I mean, as as individual
1: You're breaking up
2: I am? Yeah
1: Okay, can you hear me now? Sort of
2: Sort of For about 10 seconds and it'll be right back to normal again
1: We gotta wait Um, We gotta wait until the spaceship gets out of
0: (laughs) Yeah It's it's relaxed. X-Files
2: Huh? You're back to planet Earth
0: Okay um i I said at least we're we're working together we're not um individually sitting on our hands or just sitting on our own little pile of of whatever and um pretending it'll just go away because it won't just go away so
1: yeah and um there has been this is this is the the amount of support that uh, that we're seeing uh, is uh, is very generous. Well, it's 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 nice. It's nice to finally see it. Um, uh, we are getting uh, messages from international interests uh, that are that want to to support uh, the United States, vapors any way that they can. Um, want to support the coalition. Um, so, it's, it's not just a, a small group of, of five organizations, it's um, everybody is, is really interested in contributing and, and, and putting their resources behind um, fixing this regulatory situation. Um, and, you know, ultimately, I, I think, you know, one of the contentions all along, you know, right now we're talking about changing the predicate date. Um, we're, we're talking about that because it's kind of the most realistic legislative solution. Um, and, uh, you know, um, there are, are two vehicles for that message, and uh, one being HR 2058, the other being the Cole Bishop Amendment. Um, and the, the Cole Bishop Amendment actually is in a position where it's, it's slightly more viable, um, but it's in just as much danger of not really going anywhere. And that should be that should be made clear um, that neither one of these pieces of legislation is is the silver bullet, um, but they are a start, and there is a reason to support both of them. Um, um, so, uh, but then again, you know, changing the predicate date doesn't solve the problem of freezing innovation in its tracks, um, which is that is <laughs> we don't we don't have to wait for the 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 FDA's. Uh, you know, ban hammer to come down on that. Uh, that happens 90 days from tomorrow. Uh, yeah. August 8th is the drop dead date. If you don't have a product on the market by then, you have to file a pre-market tobacco application. Um, so we're, we're going to see a lot of manufacturers rushing to bring new product lines to the market over the 90, next 90 days. Right. Um, and somebody had actually raised the point that that um, potentially you know brings in consumer safety issues, people rushing. Uh, you know, complicated electronics to, to the market, um, you know, it could be putting people at risk. So, something right. for, for, our, for our members certainly to be aware of um, going forward over the next 90 days. Um, I feel like I went down, a, oh, so it, the, the point I was getting at was, you know, <laughs> you know, ideally we end up in a situation where we're talking about a separate regulatory framework. I mean, that truly is the goal here. Um, we do not want to be regulated like tobacco products. Uh, it, it's, um, or, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I'm really even willing to concede at this point that, okay, fine, nicotine's derived from tobacco. That makes it a tobacco product. But, um, you know, it, even if that's the case, there should still be some sort of separate regulatory regime for, for these products. Uh, it, it is just not fair. To treat them like the deadliest combustible product, Mm -hmm. Um, and and another thing, (laughs) you get another thing. This is this is really just burning me up, and I I, and it's not because it's surprising or anything. It's just because it burns, and I, I absolutely despise this. We have been, you know, anybody who's been following this issue for any amount of time has watched, you know, just practically every week. There's some new, horrible story about how electronic cigarettes are going to kill you and eat your children in some horrific way. Um, Unsurprisingly, the FDA's response to what do these regulations do, uh, I believe the White House response to what do these regulations do, the Body Parts Organization's responses to what do these regulations do, have all been... These regulations protect the children. The, these regulations have now set a national minimum legal purchase age of 18. Okay. Um, for, for those of you who have not been keeping score, uh, that takes care of two states, I believe right. Pennsylvania, <laughs> Jeannie, am I right? Pennsylvania? Yes. Pennsylvania and Michigan. Yep. Uh, and I know Pennsylvania. Uh, that uh, there is a very active safata chapter in Pennsylvania um, yes, sir. Chris Hughes has been uh, uh, I don't know is dynamo the, the proper word um, it, it, the, the guy is a powerhouse I, I just I, I love Chris Hughes I love the work that he's doing and there's, um, there's
2: nothing that I there's nothing that can happen in the state of Pennsylvania that Chris Hughes and Bill Gechel don't tell me
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got Bill Godshaw as well. So you have two very active and responsible people, leaders in the community. And, uh, you know, arguably, I, I don't know what the real number is, but I, I suspect a vast majority of retail establishments in Pennsylvania have already implemented a no sales to minors policy. Um, so uh, again, the heavy lifting there done by small businesses didn't really need FDA intervention. Um, and uh, so that's kind of that's the crowning achievement that FDA has put out there. And then they sort of follow that with, you know, oh, we're going to require ingredient listing and, um, you know, some other stuff. But like, yeah, totally monumental effort, guys. Way to go. You know,
0: but, but the funny part is, didn't two separate United States University studies say that when you took e cigarette access away from minors that they they just went off and smoked.
1: Yeah, I actually included that in um, and some that's of the-
0: and that's a win, correct? Taking one of the safer forms of experimentation and nicotine use away from someone under the age of 21 and getting them to go smoke a Marlboro is far better. I mean that's the message I take away from it. Just not knowing anything, to, blanking everything out that I know. That is the message that you get as a takeaway from this, and that's disingenuous. It's, well, a, it's, it's a lie. It,
1: it, it's it's abstinence-only education. It's the it is no different than telling young people to wait until they're married to have sex. Um, there, there is absolutely no difference there. Uh, and and if you are, are not familiar with the the. Public health issues that that has created. Uh, look at communities where abstinence-only education is the norm, and you will see higher rates of teenage pregnancy. Uh, arguably, I would suspect that you also see higher rates of abortion um, and uh, higher rates of some other risky behaviors. Uh, it, it, that approach has not worked for drugs. We have, uh, we still have a drug crisis in this country. We have for for decades. Um, and we have approached the issue with abstinence only education, prohibition uh, millions of lives have been ruined by that and uh, and, and it, it doesn't it doesn't start to improve until we start daylighting at least at the very least these conversations um, yes. as someone who has gone through substance abuse recovery, I know that the stigma attached to uh, drug addiction alcohol alcoholism. Uh, for, you know, that's, that's why uh, Alcoholics Anonymous was formed in, in, the, in the 20s, uh, if I get that right, was it the 20s? Um, these were people who had nowhere to go. They could not openly talk about their disease um, or their, their substance abuse problems with friends and family without being ostracized and, and, and stigmatized and, and treated like uh, second or third class citizens. They, they needed a group of people, like-minded people that they could share their stories with and feel safe with. Uh, it was still anonymous, but it, it was they, they. It had to be that way to yes. protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, going, you know, f- a little further in history, uh, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous kind of had its own problem being anonymous. There's sort of there's sort of a, a not really a backlash, but uh, it does uh, kind of hurt the the effort a little bit in that. You just can't talk about it. Um, it it's uh, it, it's still stigmatized, and um, you know over time that has kept millions of people from seeking treatment, uh, getting into to self help groups, seeking any kind of recovery, because a lot of them feel that uh, their their issues with substance abuse are, are a crime, and that they're going to be stigmatized. Um and so again, I, I know that I'm sort of going way off track here no, no, and dragging not, in other because issues.
0: You're you're talking about harm reduction. This is right. a conversation we as a country have to have. We as vapors have to have, we as people who are recovering from whatever drug addiction, alcohol addiction, we have to have this conversation. You can't let it be in the shadows anymore. I Man, maybe this isn't the venue for it, but have at it.
1: Yeah. No, and I think you know, in uh, appealing to the you know broad bipartisan support, um, it, I think it's very important to raise these issues. Um, you know, uh, you know, Democrats typically tend typically um, agree with things like supporting people in recovery, um, and 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 having a, that conversation about uh, about harm reduction. Uh, you know, it, it's. It is baffling that they have not freely made that association between uh, harm reduction for drugs and alcohol and other products uh, between that and and vapor products. Um, It's astonishing. It's disappointing and and we're, you know, yeah, that's part of it. That's part of what we're doing here and and is trying to to help people understand that, that there really is no difference. (sighs)
0: <sighs> it's. I know you're frustrated. It's. It's okay. I mean,
1: I'm. I, I'm. I'm beyond frustrated at this point. I. I am. I am openly angry. Um. I said at it, it periods throughout the day, I, I have gone from, you know, I sat in on the uh, Sephora conference call on uh, Friday, I believe, and, uh, you know, I, I. The whole time, I, I, I felt like I was sitting there watching a friend die. It was uh, it was very sad. I know I have seen uh, big strong men in the vaping community openly talk about how they just spent periods of the day crying. Um, this yeah. is this is huge. Um, is. And so you know, I guess I guess all of us are probably going to go through those five stages of grief. Um, I, I, I think I, I'm getting into that uh, anger. And resentment stage, or if that—I I don't know them by heart, but I think anger is one of them. <laughs> it is
0: anger is the motivating one.
1: The, the quicker one. we, the quicker we get past denial, the better. Let's put it that way.
0: I don't know anybody who's actually in denial about this, though. Oh, there's I, plenty. There are there, there are, are there some are morons. Don't get me wrong. Who you know? So, but I think most people who are aware, they're not in denial about anything.
1: I had I talked to somebody, um, I don't I don't even have to name names because I'm sure that this is rampant throughout the industry. But I spoke to somebody today who works in a vapor shop, and um, you know they were they were, they were they were they were they were very concerned about the regulations and what they could do uh, to to fight back and and, and get involved. Uh, and they had spent some time you know trying to convince their boss that you know hey boss you got to join uh, an association. This is serious business. Right. Uh, but that that business owner is taking their advice from the manufacturers that they're buying product from, oh, and God the manufacturers sake. that they're buying from, of course, are saying, "No, no, no, we're totally fine. We're compliant. We're or we are compliant we 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 have already we've already started our application. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna meet the deadlines, and we're still gonna be in business."
2: I, oh have, a, I have a couple of ones that that I would like to ask you about, Alex, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, I saw. I got a copy of an email that a wholesaler sent out to um, the companies that purchase from them and is recommending that, um, that the companies that purchase from them buy the minimum quantity required which by the way is, is 20 or 30 bottles each um, of each nicotine level that they bottle and each flavor that they bottle in each size that they offer within the next 90 days to be able to continue to have them on their shelves. Um, There's that, Um, which I thought was quite clever, because if you were honestly really concerned about the companies that that buy your products from you at wholesale, um, I think I would have less than a 20 or 30 bottle minimum for them. But there's that. Um, So that's kind of scary. That's going on. Um, And then I just, as you were talking, and I had my microphone muted because I tend to cuss while you guys are talking. (laughs) um, I put up a post in the DIY group about the information that I have been obtaining from all you wonderful smart friends of mine at CASA. And um, from Michael Siegel's little webinar that he did today. Um, about the shipments, and uh, somebody in the DIY group is under the impression that uh, none of this is going to affect DIY.
1: You know, I saw some. Um, I, I, somebody had had, had uh, posted up. Uh, I guess Dr. Siegel opining about um, you know what the FDA could do to the DIY. Uh, market, specifically individual supplies. Um, I, I personally don't want to go too far into it. Um, I think it's safe to assume that nicotine is going to be get harder to get. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as I understand it, um, the base ingredients, propylene, glycol, vegetable, glycerin, and the flavorings, they all have other uses. In fact, I mean, that's how uh, DIY. Started. These companies were not necessarily marketing these base products specifically for electronic cigarettes. Um, and there's really no, you know, people make their own cosmetics at home. People people make their own toothpaste. Um, some people use vegetable glycerin as a food additive. Um, you know, people use these food grade flavorings to make uh, baked goods and, and so on, uh, making candy at home. You know, this is. All of these products have different applications besides, and they had these applications long before electronic cigarettes came along. Um, So for those products, um, you know, FDA does not have the authority to regulate uh, those products as tobacco products if they are being sold for things like making your own candy at home or or making making your own toothpaste. It's
2: labor manufacturer. You're probably gonna skate off of this fine, but if you're ordering all of your stuff- and see, and here's the thing. What I would be doing at this point is consolidating my orders. I'm going to find one place to get all of my stuff. So that I am only having to pay that shipping once. But if this is the typical DIY shop that is selling nicotine, um, they're going to ship all their stuff the same way. So the shipping ban will affect it in that way. If it is nicotine um, or comes from a company that is primarily a, a DIY vendor that sells nicotine as well as everything else, um, that shipping cost is going to carry through. It, it will directly affect that.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean, arguably, that's... Again, I don't want to offer legal opinion here, but I think that it is fair to speculate that um, much like if you were to market these products as cessation products, you would be uh, a- approached by the FDA and, and told to stop, other, or, you know, or you need to go through the uh, uh, medicines approval process in order to market your product that way. Um, this, this really comes down to how are the products marketed. So if you're, a, you know, if you're a DIY company and everything on your your menu is intended to be used in a finished tobacco product, then guess what? Everything on your menu is a part of a tobacco product. And uh you you just will have to, you know, change your marketing strategy. Um it it it's I think it's I think it's that that simple. Um but as far as you know, people being able to continue accessing the at least the base ingredients and the flavorings, again, these were all available prior to electronic cigarettes, um, and you know, this this is how the industry started. So um, it, it's uh, I, you know we just kind of have to go back to the dark ages. That's uh, that that goes hand in hand with, with 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 you know manufacturing and purchasing on the black market. Um, the real the real sticky wicket is going to be getting a hold of nicotine um and uh of course that raises that raises some some legal challenge type questions um that uh you know will uh be exploring going forward um and i don't want to talk too much about that just for practical reasons um but yeah you yeah, know I'm, I'm kind of curious to see uh how the diy thing actually shakes out um So, that's that. You need to take a
0: nap.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, Julie, Julie, we're really sorry this is running long, but you you know this was important tonight. She'll forgive us. Oh. (laughs) Um. yeah, I think the notes for
0: tonight will be real simple. (laughs) A discussion on FDA deeming, so it could probably go up pretty quickly, because... That's kind of what this whole thing has been.
1: Yeah. Um, actually, I, I feel like I might have uh, gone over I, I was I think your your first comment or question, Jeannie, about ordering uh, the minimum number of products. Um, this this touches on something and unfortunately I'm not going to be able to speak uh, to. Expertly on it because I, it's it's difficult for me to put my shoes my, myself in the shoes of a of a retailer. Um, but one of the provisions in, in the, the, one of the ninety day compliance things that that uh, I believe retailers and manufacturers uh, and wholesalers are going to have to um, uh, get get ready for is is listing uh, basically everything that's on your shelves. Uh, it, it's it's inventory. Um, but uh, this inventory, I believe, will need to be submitted to the FDA, um, and uh, I, I think that's it. And I, Again, um, everybody who, if, if I personally am interpreting things and, and you find yourself with questions, that's, that's good. Consult the regulations. If you are in this industry and you don't like the answer that you're getting from CASA, consult the regulations, join an industry association, and consult with them. Um, So that's, that's my standard disclaimer going forward. Um, uh, But uh, yeah, I, that there is a paperwork burden associated with what people have to get accomplished in 90 days. Um, And so I I suspect that information will be coming out shortly. Um, But uh, you know, this, People who are part of an industry association are going to get first crack at that guidance. That's how this works. Um, and, and we, you know, Kassaw, we're not in a position to, to circumvent that process. Um, it's not because we're cruel. It's just because our focus is on how this impacts consumers. Um, and and if, if anything, that should be encouraging people to get involved and, and become a part of, of the of sort of Official uh, group of people that are going to be spending time and resources to to get this changed. I'm going to start repeating myself here, so I probably should uh, <laughs> let that go. Um, my brain is not firing on all six cylinders, um, so it's, before I get myself into trouble.
0: <laughs> I, I think it's. I think it's been a, It's been a long few days. Yeah. Reading this stuff kind of turns your brain to mush. That, that's been my um, experience with it.
1: You know, <laughs> I just, just remembered one more thing. Okay. Um, it, and this has nothing to do with the deeming regulations, so I'm okay. completely changing the subject here. And I don't want oh, this to get okay. lost um, okay. because it, it was a significant event. Um, you know, one of the things that really kind of sucked about this was that uh, when the regulations came out both Julie and i were traveling um, uh-huh. we had pre pre-scheduled travel that was you know this was scheduled months in advance and um <coughs> you know this wasn't something that just popped up and we're like oh yeah sure like there's a possibility steaming regs would come up but uh yeah we'll, we'll hit the road um, <laughs> no these were these were commitments that we had months in advance of completely separate events um, but I was up in Albany Albany, New York with the New York Safada chapter um, for their lobby day. And so I got to, to pal around with a bunch of really great people from, from New York State and, and visit with their uh, members of the uh, New York legislature and have some conversations with staff members and actual, actual lawmakers. Um, found a couple sympathetic ears. Um, a lot of people that really just wanted more information, really desperately needed more information um got what feels like some reassuring news about New York in that um you know there's there's not the, there's a couple bills out there that that might move but generally um not a very high threat level um so you know again you know we have this federal deeming regulation which could wipe out the industry <clears throat> um but still in the interim you know <laughs> excuse me, there's there's two years before some of these provisions kick in, and states are still free to set stricter regulations than what the federal government uh, has determined is appropriate. That's been a provision of the Tobacco Control Act all along. Um, so, uh, yes, we will be devoting a substantial amount of resources to fighting the federal regulation, but... Uh, people should still be very conscious of their state and local laws. Um, tobacco 21 is still creeping across the country. I, was, I went to Providence, Rhode Island before I went to Albany. It was one big car ride. Um, and uh, had the opportunity to testify in front of the House Finance Committee. Um, funny story about that. The chairman of the House Finance Committee had resigned that morning, <laughs> um, he is under investigation by a joint task force between the FBI and state police. Um, so the chairman of the committee was not there and uh, one of the the positive outcome was that uh, the, uh, um, uh, the, the the new chairman decided to hold all of the bills over for future study or further study um, which was, uh, one of the things I was going to ask the, the committee for. Um, so that was good. Uh, and it, 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 like, it doesn't sound like that bill has a whole lot of prospect of moving forward. Um, but again, yeah, that's a tobacco 21 law. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of funny, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know the deeming regulations setting the minimum at, at 18, and this is a triumph for public health. Blah blah blah. Uh, meanwhile, you know states and municipalities are are saying, "Well, 18 is not good enough." So, um, I you know I, I <laughs> for obvious for reasons that are obvious to us, the FDA should absolutely not be celebrating this this achievement. But nobody else should really be slapping them on the back like this is some great achievement um, uh, because you know. There are zealots out there who absolutely are advocating for for stricter regulations um, I, I don't I don't know if I'm saying that properly but it's sort of I don't know it's just it's this giant it's this tsunami tsunami of mediocrity that's just swallowing everybody up it just really bothers me and and you know the, the general public is so hypnotized by uh, you know I don't know it's like this is one big car accident. The rest of the country is just sort of slowly driving by to see if there's any dead bodies. It's it's pretty horrible. Um, I don't,
0: but I, I don't think people put it in the context we do. No. This.
2: 14
0: million. I mean, we. Yeah, you... I
1: saw that. I saw that post, Genie, and that. that thanks for putting that out there. That was. Uh, that's. I think more more visualizations like the like the 14 million dollars. Yeah. Uh, to get these these products sitting on my desk, that's fourteen million dollars. That yeah. that visual, visualization needs to needs to really get out there.
0: Yeah. Um. So but no, I I know how you feel.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I was I was attempting to end on a good note and and really okay. just public, <laughs> publicly publicly <laughs> wanted to put it out there. I had a really good time. Uh, you know, walking side by side with 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 people in in Albany. Um. And if you if you live in New York State and you haven't had the opportunity to visit the, the capital, Capitol, uh, I I strongly recommend it. Uh, you paid for it, so there's that. <laughs> uh, but they seem to have done a really good job. It's a beautiful complex. Um, so uh, I I strongly encourage anybody traveling through, uh, uh, the upstate or uh, you know, living in Albany, uh, definitely pay your capital a visit. It, uh, it was it was kind of breathtaking, honestly. Um, I, I I don't know if I'm supposed to get all gushy about public buildings, but um, sometimes I do.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but you, you like art and things, so architecture yeah. is just what what was it? Architecture is frozen music. there was a, there was a composer who said that.
1: That's very nice. I'm, I'm gonna you know what? Let's just end it there. I okay. like that.
0: Okay. All right. Go nap or something. Thank you.
1: Q cue, cue whip cracking sound. It's time to get back to work.
0: <laughs> thank you, Alex, for everything.
1: Oh, thank you. Have a good night. Thank you, Jeannie. Thank you, Barry.
2: Have a good night. Alex. Alex. Yes. Jan. Yes. Thank you, guys.
0: I don't think you for anything.
2: No, I do. <laughs> it, it cannot be easy. Jan, I can imagine the emails that you're fielding right now. I, I honestly can. And um, I'm sure a lot of people are screaming and yelling at you guys, saying, what are you doing? Why aren't you doing anything for us? Um, I, on the other hand, uh, know a uh, little bit about what you guys do every day. And um, thank you. It is appreciated.
0: Thank you, Janie, it's nice to hear. All right, Alex, I'll, uh, I'll see you online.
1: Okay. Good night, thanks.
0: Good night, thank you.